You are listening to AM Sports with Alex and Martin. As always, thank you, Kelly, for the for the awesome intro, our friend from the land down under. Welcome back to the AM Sports Podcast, everybody. I'm Martin Foster, and as always, I'm joined by Alex Weichhorn. And in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about a little bit about the recent UFC fight night. Alex, what's going on, man? Did you get a chance to catch that recent fight night? Hey, hey, yeah, it was a uh, it was a good one. It's definitely uh, one thing that I I always love about the fights on free TV. For whatever reason, it seems like um, those tend to be those cards as a whole tend to be a little bit better than the pay per view. So can't complain about that. And uh, UFC Fight Night eighty one up there in Boston that uh, that delivered just like the rest of them. I was happy with it. And the main event lasted the, the Dominic Cruz <laughs> the uh, Dillashaw fight of something yeah. like that. Uh, that fight actually went to a split decision versus uh, some of the recent UFC pay-per-views with, uh, for example, the Aldo McGregor, yep. which that was 10 seconds. And then, of course, the uh, Holly Holm run Rossi from back in November where that was an early second-round knockout. So it was just good to see a, a fight go the distance. Not only that, I mean, it's it's good to see a little controversy in the in the fact that these were both – the main event and co-main event were both split decisions as well. And I use the word controversy mainly because of the, the Cruz-Dillashaw fight. Yeah, okay, 48-47, you, you sort of expect that if you're going to a, a split decision. Plus, you have two really quality fighters. But then you look at the other two cards, and you have 46-49 one direction. You have 49-46 the other direction. And when you have scores... For a decision that are that disparate, I mean, you're talking about four rounds to one for one fighter, and then four rounds to one for the other fighter. So there is a significant um, level of disparity between the criteria, obviously, for these two judges. It's a little worrisome to me. Uh, it's something that we've seen plenty of times. It's one of the reasons why fighters and Dana White, they both say. Never, ever, ever let the fight go to the judges. That's why. I was watching the fight, and it's a hard one to call, in my opinion, in the first place. And then you go back to the um, to the highlights, and I was watching highlights of it as well. And it's like, at least in this case, it was still kind of difficult to, to, to pick for me. I think Dillashaw had a, a really, really good case to win this fight. So I don't know if it's one of those things where you think about it. If maybe in the in the last round, one of the judges or the the forty eight forty seven, the judge who who called it as forty eight forty seven, might have thought that it was an even fight, and um, because of what Dominic has Cruz Dominic Cruz has done through his return to the sport from his injuries maybe out of sympathy i i that may sound kind of stupid to say but maybe out of sympathy gave him that extra point in the last round or or what it is i haven't seen the the metrics or the fight cards um because usually they do make those public uh, i have not seen them but where where is the separation because i do not have this fight for either fighter going 49-46, I, I would definitely say it's a 48-47. But even after going back and seeing the highlights, I it it definitely is a split decision. It could have gone either way, 48-47. And then obviously with the Eddie Alvarez-Anthony Pettis fight, 29-28, uh, 28-29, 29-28, just really quality fights. And, and yeah, never leave it in the hands of the judges. But when you go to... 
the decision like that, and especially if you get a split decision like that, that means that both fighters were making a case to win. So uh, you expect exciting fights. Uh, Anthony Pettis, obviously an exciting fighter. Eddie Alvarez had been going through his uh, his growth through Bellator and then finally was able to come over to the UFC to prove himself. He had a little bit of a uh, a banana peel at the beginning of his, his UFC tenure, yeah. but has come back and, and has uh, put on some quality fights. Uh, but we definitely need to talk about the Travis Brown-Matt Mitrione fight, TKO in the third. Have you seen pictures of Matt Mitrione since the fight itself? Have you seen... What I mean, it, the, his eye looked awful then, but have you seen his eye since then? No, I just saw. I, I didn't know if it was Dillashaw or uh, Mitchell that had the just a busted eye, but there was an orbital fracture, right? Yeah, so it was Mitrione. Uh, Travis Brown ended up poking Mitrione in the eye twice. Yeah, during that fight, both were. De- they decided that both of those were incidental. They were not intentional eye pokes. But when it comes down to it, you think about an eye poke, that's one thing. But his um, he he fractured the orbital floor of his right eye, and it looks awful. I mean, this... It was pretty nasty when I it saw, is the, I saw the pictures online. The only other time I can remember someone's eye looking like that is um, back in the 90s, George Foreman boxed Michael Moore, and... George Foreman had a swollen eye like that, where it was just a softball. And mm-hmm. I kept thinking when I when I saw uh, Mitch Jones, when I saw the pictures on the internet of Mitch Jones' eye, it just made me think of Rocky Three when he when Rocky says "Cut me, Mick." When cut I, me, Mick. Yeah, cut me, Mick. So I just thought about all the pus and everything that was just oh, it was gross. But uh, I don't know if that thing's ever going to swell down. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to take some time, and and at this point in time. Uh, you do worry about vision. Um, obviously, right now, since he cannot open his eye, he physically could not open up his eye at all, no matter what. That's going to be a question of how his eye is doing. And after you, you go through the healing process for an eye, um, you have to make sure, A, the eyesight is going to be okay, but then also make sure that the bone heals up and that if he, he takes hits there, in the future, which he most certainly will if he continues to fight, which he mo- most likely will, make sure it can handle that that beating that it's going to take through a fight and make sure that it's not going to cause damage to the eye if something breaks in there again. So um, certainly wish him the, the best when it comes to healing up. He's got a long way to go. Uh, he's medically suspended for a while, so we won't see him uh, for the near future, but... Um, somebody who's saying that uh, they want to fight at least sometime this year, that would be Ronda Rousey. Uh, she wants her rematch with Holly Holm. And there were, had been talk about fighting Holly at UFC 200. That was put uh, on the back burner, especially because the filming of Roadhouse was delayed. So since Ronda is in that movie, that ab- absolutely was going to affect her ability to train and get ready properly for uh ufc 200 um 200 was supposed to be uh, after the filming so she could have done it but i guess the question is really would you want to 
try to go through a camp while you're in the middle of, of being a film star. So um, that's not going to happen. She says that she wants her rematch later on in 2016. My question for you is do you think it's going to happen? I do. And first of all, nice segue going from Travis Brown to Ronda Rousey. I caught that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Second, I want to talk about I'm tired of all these Patrick Swayze movies being remade. Right. Roadhouse and Point, Point, Point Break should never have been remade. And Roadhouse is to be determined. So we'll see the spin. I guess. Obviously, I think from what I've what I've been hearing, that Ron Rousey is going to be playing the main character in that movie. Correct. So we'll see how that goes. I'm glad she's taking some time off. I'm glad she's not fighting at UFC 200. I think the timetable for her should be, obviously, like you said, later in the year, October, November, maybe even December. She wants that rematch with Holly Holm. I think she absolutely deserves it, and I think I would love to see that. But I want to see Holly Holm has to fight Misha, has to get through Misha Tate first. And, and that's a huge question is, is will the rematch be there for Rousey, considering the fact that Misha Tate, um, at least up until Holly fought Ronda, um, was Ronda's toughest fight to date. And I believe she was, the number, or currently is, the number one contender, and she was prior to the Rousey home fight. The only, the only reason why she did not get that fight is just because because Rousey has previously defeated her twice. Misha Tate is no slouch. She's a very she's a very talented fighter. I think it'd be a good matchup between her and Holly Holm. I'm going to pick Holly Holm in that fight, and that's coming up in March, I believe, March 5th. The question is for me is. I think this is going to be a very, very different fight than Holm versus Rousey. I'm going to be quite honest here. Uh, Misha Tate, I think she's going to come at this in a much smarter way. Oh, absolutely. Um, Now, again, you can plan for a fight. You have a game plan, but your game plan, I think this was Mike Tyson who said this, you're, you're... plan goes out the window once you get punched in the face correct and so and that's exactly what we saw with rousey against holly i think misha is going to most likely plan differently and at least even if it's a similar game plan and the similar thing happens i think that considering everybody has now seen what can happen when you play into holly's strengths which is exactly what ronda did Everybody has seen what can happen. doesn't matter how good you are. Even the best of the best can fall. So Misha has that, that benefit because that's one less thing that, that you have to plan for. You already know it. Or I should say one less thing you have to try to assume. You know exactly how it will happen. So um, with that little bit of advantage, I think this is going to be a very different fight uh, I also think that Misha Tate is a significantly much more well-rounded fighter than Rousey, um, at least in what we've seen in the cage. Rousey has been a one-trick pony for so long. Yes, we have seen some some knockouts and TKOs, but majority of her, her fights have all been finished via the armbar. So Misha has, in her fights had some losses but she's also been forced to use other utilize other methodologies and i think that experience is going to help her and be be a little bit more of a problem for holly so i think this is going to be a much honestly yes the star power of rousey 
and just the overall shock and surprise that happened with that fight, that's one thing. But I, I really don't think that anybody should fall asleep on home versus Tate. I think there's a very good chance that um, for Tate to actually end up with the belt. I don't know if that's going to happen. I just feel that there's a, a much better chance for her. I can't pick this one. If I'm forced to pick one, I'll pick home because she's the champion. And, yes, she did be Rousey. This is really a tough one. What about you? I want to go back to answering your earlier question. So when I said you asked if do I think the rematch is going to happen, what I think is going to happen is Ronda Rousey will fight the winner of this fight. I think she's yeah. going to get – so, yeah. yeah, so either Rousey Tate 3 or home Rousey 2. But kind Which of long- would you rather see? Home Rousey, just home Rousey, just because we've seen Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey fight twice. I would just like to see Ronda Rousey. Of course, I don't know. I don't know her personally. I don't know anyone that knows her personally. To me, it just seemed like she probably just had too much going on prior to the home fight with a focused camp and her mindset, and really a chip on her shoulder, a bigger chip than what she already has. Because it seems like she always has a chip on her shoulder. I would just like to see that rematch, and I think that would be. Something that would probably maybe go the distance versus an early round knockout. And I think most people would rather see Holly Holm versus Ron Rousey again. Yeah. But who knows a lot. And a part of me wants to see, okay, I still want to see Cyborg versus Rousey. If Rousey loses again, she's going to kind of lose that that mojo. Absolutely. Yeah, that hype train definitely uh, slows has already slowed down, I think, at least a little bit. Um, I agree with Dana White, though. Rousey is was and is a bigger star than Conor McGregor. Obviously, a second loss, especially if it's back to back, is really going to put a little bit of a, a black mark on her career. Um, speaking of Conor McGregor, UFC 197 com- or the main event against uh, Rafael dos Anjos. Um, lots of talk because this is a change in weight class as of right now. We have not seen him relinquish the belt, right? And um, that's obviously at featherweight um, to go up and fight against Rafael dos Anjos in the lightweight division. It would not be uh, putting the featherweight belt on the line, but uh, typically when we have seen a, a champion move from one weight division to the other, at least in MMA. It is expected that he or she relinquishes the previous belt. That's apparently not happening here. What are your thoughts on that? Should he? Um, does he have the the right to maintain his featherweight championship, or should he go ahead and relinquish that to um, to move into a new division? I think he should be able to keep it. If he can successfully defend the title in both weight classes, why not? And it would certainly drive and pique interest into the sport to have a champion in two different weight classes. I personally, I don't think he's going to be able to maintain that if he were to try to do that. I think there's there's still a lot of fights for him to be had in the his the featherweight division. So I'm not really liking his move up in weight class. And is BJ Penn? Did he say he's going to come back today? Yeah, yeah. Are you not, you're, I'm, not, you're not feeling No, that. I, I have absolutely no interest in BJ Penn. He needs to stay retired. He has he has no drawing power. You go to MMAweekly.com. BJ Penn confirms UFC comeback gunning for Conor McGregor's belt. Shut the fuck up, BJ Penn. He <laughs> is in no way, shape, or form going to be... He was just calling out Nick Lentz. 
Come on. He's saying that he's gunning for the belt? Yeah. Absolutely not. Nick Lentz just moved down from 14th to 15th. So um, there is absolutely no way, shape, or form that he is going to be coming um, for Connor's belt. He needs to stay in retirement. He is driving his name and his legacy down into obscurity. He has absolutely no interest. <laughs> no interest. He draws nothing. He brings nothing to the sport, to the promotion. Dana White, even before he retired for this last time, said that he needs to retire and stay retired. Honestly, when it comes down to it, to me, it's like he needs money. And so he's like, oh, I'm going to fight again. I'm going to get paid. Yeah. Shut up. Stop saying you're going to come out of retirement. Hey, Enjoy so- Hawaii. I'll hang out with him there. I'll see if I can spar him. He's going to be calling me out next, pretty soon. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. What do you think about McGregor trying to uh, fight and hold the belt? Do you think he should be able to hold the belt in two weight classes? Absolutely not. He should relinquish that belt. Um, I don't like the the two two belt champion. I see what you mean by drawing interest to the sport yes i agree that it would draw interest to the sport um i also think that once you start doing stuff like that you start to get into a little bit what boxing was doing and has done for a long time and successfully but it gets to the point and obviously because boxing's been around a whole lot longer uh it's gotten to to this point but it's like Okay, so this guy has this belt and this belt in this organization and then this belt and then this belt in another organization. Yeah. And it gets really confusing. It gets very convoluted. I think that it you you start do allowing this and it's a slippery slope. I don't like this. He needs to relinquish the belt if he is going to indeed um, fight at lightweight. If he wants to fight a champion that's from a different organ or a, a different weight division, then it needs to be at a catch weight in between the two weight divisions, and the fight would be considered a super fight. The fight would not be for either champion's belt. It would be strictly two champions fighting each other at a catch weight in between their designated weight divisions, and. If you want to go about it that way, that's one thing. But if you're going to fight in a different weight class, then you cannot be, in my opinion, champion in a different weight class. I like that idea where they basically would just fight in a non-title fight. It was just a fight just to fight. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of uh, – there is a lot of interest there. I mean there is a lot of talk uh, about John Jones doing that. Um, people were talking about Jones and Anderson Silva at middleweight for a time, them fighting each other. Jones himself has mentioned about fighting against a heavyweight. So it's there are situations where this could happen and there could be a lot of interest brought in. But I think that the less convoluted you make it and say, oh, well, is the belt on the line or is the belt not on the line? Is he going to move into another weight division, fight for that title? Um, if he wins, he's going to be the champion in two. Or if he loses, he's going to be the champion one. But is he still going to fight in the other 
weight division and going back and forth, blah, blah, blah. Keep it simple. Don't get into the slippery slope of trying to figure out what's going on for this fight. This belt's on the line, but this belt isn't. No, don't do that. Keep it simple. Fight as a champion in your own weight division. If you fight in a different one, you have to relinquish the belt, even if you're fighting the champion for the belt in the new weight division. When I was in high school, our, our pretty much like 80% of our team got the flu and was all sick at a tournament one time. So me, I wrestled that 135 pounds. Because of attrition to our team, I had a, we had to fill in gaps. So I had to wrestle at 185. Oh, yeah. And my God. Not that I weighed 185. I weighed 135. But just because we needed someone to go out there and I was the heaviest person of the remaining you know, six people or whatever. That was fun. So <laughs> I'm not really a fan of booking up weight classes. <laughs> that was fun. I like that. That's a great line. <laughs> Whenever... Whenever you move up weight class, that strength and speed that you have, it kind of, or at least the strength part, doesn't doesn't work so well when you match up against people who are uh, heavier in weight. So, do you like McGregor's chances in 197? Then, no, I don't. I think that RDA is going to uh, um, absolutely destroy him. I, I hope so. Honestly, I would. I'm not a Conor McGregor fan at all. Um, he was supposed to fight Jose Aldo, right? Right. Jose Aldo gets hurt. He fights Chad Mendes. He knocks out Chad Mendes with six seconds left in the second round. He was losing of that fight. They had fought nine minutes and 54 seconds, right? Right. He was losing nine minutes and 53 seconds of that fight. <laughs> so, no. I, I Okay, yes. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. It, yes, there is a punch's chance for any fighter in any fight. I got it. I understand it. He was losing every bit of that fight up until that left um, that left punch he he threw. So, no, I think that that was one of those lucky punches. He wins the interim championship. He fights Jose Aldo to unify the championship in the featherweight division. One punch. It was 10 seconds. We didn't see a fight. So, in my opinion, A, he should not be fighting in a different weight division. I think that before he fights anybody else, Jose Aldo needs to have a rematch against Conor McGregor. First off, it was not like Conor McGregor came in and dominated for a of five rounds or all five rounds, something like that. If it's something like that, where he distinctly shows that he is head and shoulders against Jose Aldo, that's when you say Jose Aldo does not deserve an immediate rematch. But this was a one punch knockout in 10 seconds. We did not see a distinct gap between McGregor and Aldo. Aldo deserves the immediate rematch before McGregor goes anywhere else. Honestly, McGregor could go in and fight RDA and get hurt. And then what's going to happen now? Yeah. We won't see a fight for the featherweight championship for quite some time, chances are. And that's robbed the fans to it really is. have a great rematch. It really is. Yeah. And that's another thing about the difference between fighting in one weight division vice fighting into in another weight division. 
He's a featherweight, 145, fighting against a lightweight at 155. He's going to be able to have the 155 as he weighs in, but then they're both going to rehydrate and put on more weight. Chances are Rafael Dos Anjos is going to weigh more than Conor McGregor when they get into the cage. RDA is is pretty damn fast, and he's going to be used to fighting at a heavier weight than Conor McGregor is. He naturally will have more strength. So I'd say there might actually be a good chance that McGregor gets hurt in this fight. So it, there's a lot more variability that's going to take take place with this fight. I truly believe that, that RDA is going to, to do some work. He uh, finished Donald Cerrone in his last fight, um, who at the time was number three. Uh, three in the lightweight division. Yeah. Quality fighter. He had been on a tear for quite some time uh, with a lot of of the night performances. Obviously, he's he's pretty damn good. And I think that the Conor McGregor hype train is actually going to hit a significant speed bump come 197. I'm going to say RDA and, and a decision. Interesting. I, I don't see that f- that fight going to decision. I think it is stopped... Dos Anjos submits McGregor in that fight. That, in my opinion, does not go to a decision. Either way, we're both picking RDA in that fight. Yes, absolutely. But you're the man, man. You know everything about, maybe not everything, but you're definitely the go-to person for <laughs> MMA, at least in my circle, you are. I dabble. You dabble. You dabble in the mixed martial arts. Slightly mixed. <laughs> Slightly mixed. Slightly mixed. I'm shaken, not stirred. Mixed martial arts. All right, everyone, that's all the time we have today. If you want more, like us on Facebook, AM Sports with Alex and Martin. Follow us on Twitter at AM Sports Guys. And check out our website, amsportsguys.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care.